0: From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena, from the Plains to the Recruiting Trail, and all points in between, if it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, it's Brandon Marcel. I'm joined alongside Keith Niebuhr uh, today on this edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We're going to talk about lot of recruiting, as you might expect, with Keith uh, on the cast today, which is needed because we're um, we're a month away from the second signing day, which used to be the main signing day. But it's now kind of just like going back for leftovers on, on Thanksgiving. It's still pretty good, but you know, you probably don't usually eat as much as you did your first helping. Um Keith, as of right now, uh, school is about to start back up at Auburn. And so mid-year enrollees are here. Ten guys already on campus for Auburn. And uh, you've got the get the news on them up on our site, auburn.247sports.com. Guys like running back Tank Bigsby, who's kind of the crown jewel, a five-star running back, is on campus. Kobe Hudson, Tate Johnson, Avery Jernigan, Sheryl Garrett, uh killian zaire he's recovering from the acl injuries the number one junior college of offensive tackles like walker romello Heights, ladarius Tennyson, crimps chris thompson jr there is one name that we thought that maybe would be an early enrollee but it's not and that's uh marco damio say say his name Damian? yeah
1: I, I think i got my signals crossed on that one i i, I i'm sure I just got that wrong through the last few months. But I was always under the impression that he was an early guy. But, yeah, 10 guys, Brandon, and, and they're uh, 10 guys early enrolled, and and they're all important guys. I mean, yeah. every single one of them. I mean, you do, you go down the list, Tank, Bigsby, uh, you know, we don't know what Booby Whitlow's future is going to be. But we also know right. that although Auburn's running backs aren't bad, uh, and, you know, DJ Williams has promise, and booby has been pretty solid, and Shiver, you know, they all can do something. things. Shivers, Joyner, all these guys. But there's probably not anybody like Tank Bigsby. You know, you're talking about a true five-star talent, plays hard every down, got to work on his ball security. He says it's really not a huge issue, but uh, it's something to point out because he did struggle taking care of the ball as a senior. But really looked good down at the Under Armour All-America game, which isn't just a game. It's the week of practices, best on best. I think I read somewhere where somebody said he wasn't that flashy. Uh, but apparently, you know, I talked to people that organized the game and the coaches in the game. Uh, guys like you know Deion Sanders, Ed Reed, those guys thought that uh, that he was great, that he was terrific, coachable, did everything that they asked of him, uh, was mature. You know, so you know playing football obviously is more than just having all that talent. He's got a lot of it, but he really did everything that you would want during that week. So you know, he's a guy to absolutely keep an eye on uh, this spring. And then also on offense, you know, Brandon, I don't think Auburn's receivers have been that great the last couple of years. I mean, there's been mm-hmm. some guys here that are do some things. I mean, Ryan Davis, obviously was good. Seth Williams, but overall, you know, this, is just me, you follow the team a lot closer than I do, but I think you and I've actually talked about this before. So that gives you a chance to come in and play. And Kobe Hudson, an all American bowl participant, not the under armor, but the other game, uh, he's an early enrollee and he's a guy that just is, you know, he's not a four, three guy. He's not, I mean, he doesn't, he's not six-four, six-one, one ninety-five in that range. 190-ish, and uh, but he's just a good, solid, polished receiver, even though he really played quarterback the last couple of years. So that's another guy that's that almost certainly is going to be able to contribute. I'm just going down the list. Zakevious Walker, you mentioned him. Well, look, Auburn's lost three key defensive linemen. And this guy, they think, is Marlon Davidson 2.0.
0: Uh,
1: now We'll see. I mean, Marlon started yeah. all 13 games as a freshman.
0: You've talked a lot about yeah. him possibly being a guy that makes an immediate yeah. impact on that defensive line, which is uh, going to have to reload a little bit. With Marlon leaving,
1: yeah, I mean he's well, he's six four two sixty is What what we've had him listed. Now we'll get the true height and weight when he gets taller. Yeah. Hey, he could be 6'4", 260 means anywhere from six two to six five. But I think he's close <laughs> to six four. He's big and he's strong and naturally strong. Uh, and, and the similarities with Marlon aren't just physically. Actually, you're quite frankly, Brandon. Right now, he's got a better body, better frame than Marlon mm-hmm. had at the same age. And, yeah. hey, Marlon's body was kind of just average until this year until he right. started lifting. Um, but, and, but I think the, the similarities are the coachability, not not just the athleticism, the coachability. Uh, Small-town guy, humble, he's going to listen to the staff. And then also, you know, if he played uh, tight end on offense. He can get out there and run routes. I mean, he's that athletic, and that's really what you need out of these defensive linemen these days. Because if a guy's athletic enough to run routes, chances are he'll have the COD on defense, the change of direction and that if you ever talked to Rodney Garner? I know you have, but I don't know if any of the listeners have. He talks about that a lot in private conversations with media people. Just, hey, change of direction, COD. Because you're going one way and the guy with the balls going the other. If you're stiff and flat, you ain't going to be able to get to that guy. No. And so he had this guy apparently has all those traits. Um, and so that's another big one. I'm just going down the list here. Ladarius Tennyson. I mean, a really big one. Auburn needs a nickel star that yep. can really ball out, okay? And this is probably the guy. I mean, he had a very good week down at Florida at the Under Armour All-America game. Uh, I remember seeing him get kind of trucked on one play by uh, Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country. But he still held his own. He got hit pretty hard and pushed back. But he was very physical. Uh, Some of his best plays, Brandon, were – well, uh, I will say this. In coverage, he's got a lot to work on. -on Man-on-man coverage, he's got a lot to work on. But some of his best plays were uh, if the quarterback had to roll out and he was covering the flat, and he knew that guy didn't have anywhere to throw. Man, his acceleration's incredible. I mean, he just gets after it. Uh, you know, 5'9", but but 193 and solid as a rock. I mean, I don't think there's any question he's got a chance to start on day one. He doesn't even really consider there to be any competition. Like He thinks the job's <laughs> his. Now, he's got another thing coming. If he thinks he's just going to walk in, they're going to give him a starting job. But right. that's another guy. Uh, Chris Thompson, you know, I, I – Brandon, I do these things sometimes and I leave people off. I mean, we all do it as journalists. But I did 10, 10 guys in this class to watch uh, for to contribute early. And I left him off. He's probably the next guy I was going to do. But if I could go back, I probably would have put him on it. Now, we know Auburn's lost a lot at safety. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, Smoke Monday has struggled some, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. you know, so the chance to play is going to be there. Now, in coverage, again, that's not his strength either. But, you know, look, I, I, only in like five wideout situations do you have to worry about that right most of the time so uh, four and five wideouts he's a he's a hard-hitting safety and by the way at the line and I want to say he was bad in coverage he was very good at the line of scrimmage press man I mean Deion Sanders was going bananas out there at practice watching this guy just like he was loving it just watching how physical watching how physical Chris Thompson was at the line of scrimmage and you know we saw uh, Dion tweeted Chris just the other night that man I, I loved you I loved coaching you um so Chris Thompson's gonna play a lot high IQ uh, and he'll be there in the spring I mean these are all guys that are gonna be there in the spring Romelo height well Auburn's got some bucks they, they got some guys I mean Derek mm-hmm. Hall a big cat can play that position TD's been you know had his moments uh but yeah. they got guys that can play that position but here's another guy coming in that could push these guys and um uh, you know, if he's like, you know, we saw Derek Hall play a lot last year. If this guy's ready and he'll be there in the spring, he'll play. Uh, so Auburn's got a lot of guys there in this, uh, that, that can really contribute. A couple offensive linemen, Avery Jernigan and Tate Johnson, are probably guys that won't play next year. But it's still invaluable that they're going to be there this spring as they kind of get acclimated to everything. They're, they're more developmental guys at the guard and center positions. And uh, but, but, you know, solid Solid potential there. So, and, and then really, you know, we don't talk about him, Brandon, but maybe the most important guy all, of all is Chael Garnett because Auburn not having Joey Gatewood and right now only having one QB in the 2020 class, we don't know if they're going to take another one. I mean, they, they don't really want to reach and waste a scholarship on a guy that never have a chance to play. Having Chael Garnett there in the spring, he's coming off a, just a, an average at best. I think I'm being kind, senior season. Uh, was never a good fit at Lakeland high he transferred from Lake Wales down in Florida where he was able to throw a lot at Lakeland high. They just ran the crud out of the ball and he only threw for about 400 yards, missed a few games with an injury, but very pedestrian statistics. Nothing that would really elicit any confidence if you're an Auburn fan, uh, but Auburn is excited to get in there and see what they have. He's a smart kid. And if they could go back and get the, the junior year Chael Garnett, perhaps he could, he could be a guy that, you know, emergency, um, I mean, they got to have quarterbacks. Right? I mean, if Bo Nix gets hurt, and and we've seen, uh, gosh, look what happened to Bama this year with Tua getting hurt. Yeah. It's hard to stay out. Florida, Felipe Franks, South Carolina with Jake Bentley, Kentucky with everybody. Um, you know, you got to have guys ready to play. And it would have been horrible for Auburn if only two quarterbacks on scholarship were there this spring. Now they got a third guy. You sort of know what Bo can do. But obviously, Bo still needs reps in the spring. He's still got to get a lot better, a lot better. But but him being there, Chael being there uh, is significant because Chad Morse can start working with him ASAP. And so yeah. I think that that's an underrated guy. I mean, you got to have backups ready to go, man. No, yeah. you know, nobody ever thinks about it until the guy gets hurt. The start exactly.
0: You know? Well, you mentioned Bo Nix. I think this is. Yeah. I think it's going to be a Bo Nix heavy spring. I think they're going to have to. Mm, they're going to throw. Yeah, from what I understand, they're going to throw a lot at him. They're trying to get him some reps um, because. As he even said, Bo, Bo told me uh, after the uh, Outback Bowl, he said, listen, you know, yeah, I got here early last year, but I was splitting reps. I was trying to win a job. Now that I have the job, I can get all the first team reps, and I yeah. need, I really need them with these guys. So um, he's, he's wanting more reps here in the spring. We'll see what the coaches do. But I would think, you know, based off of just early signs with, uh, you know, Chad Morris as the OC and them trying to implement some new things, they're they're going to need a practice Bo quite a bit and uh this spring and kind of refined some things for him but you're exactly right about depth I mean listen I mean the second half of the season it was Cord Sandberg and Bo Nix and Bo Nix goes down you got Cord Sandberg who hasn't played competitive football you know as we've mentioned yeah. over and over again since he was in high school six years ago after he played yeah. minor league baseball so they've been in a tough situation for Auburn and uh guy. I don't know how they got
1: into this situation well I do but it's yeah. It just it it you just can't let it happen. I mean, can't, and they got to make sure that it doesn't they don't get down to this situation, this type of situation again. Now, oh, who no. knows? Court Sandberg, maybe in during a game would be OK. I mean, who knows? Right. I mean, you know, I, I know we the reports are that he struggled in practice. I don't know. Who knows? You just yeah. never really know, I guess, until, until you get out there. I remember covering practices. And Eric Cresser, a guy named Eric Cresser, was was better in practice than a guy named Danny Werfel. and, and <laughs> you, you know what I mean. So you, I guess you never. Really, hey, Cam Newton was not good in practice at all. Well, his first couple of years. That's his the first thing. Year in college, I mean, there. You know, so. Yeah,
0: there are guys who are not practice players. That yeah. know, lights turn on. I mean, I covered a guy when I was in school who was like that. I'm sure every, every reporter has Matt Jones, the quarterback in yeah. uh, Arkansas. Yeah. The guy just was terrible at practice. He hated practicing. But uh, when the lights came on, man, he won them some games.
1: Well, speaking of the quarterbacks, and I said he's the only one in the 2020 class. Right now he is. Auburn could take another guy, but then you start thinking, well, who's still out there? Yeah, Not many guys. Um, You know, Juco guy, I mean, that's just another body at that point. I mean, if it's just another body, quite frankly, you have Kobe Hudson – Uh, at receiver who has played quarterback the last two years of high school. I mean, he could be your emergency. I mean, look, Kentucky won games with an emergency quarterback starter this year.
0: Well, they did a fantastic Uh, job. Yeah, I I don't know how they did it, quite frankly.
1: I mean, honestly, it's kind of embarrassing to the other programs out there with real quarterbacks. You know, you ought to be ashamed uh, if you only won six, seven games. But anyway, uh, you know, we'll see. That remains to be seen. Uh, And so, look, they got 22 guys signed right now. The hard number was supposed to be 25, mm-hmm. but with that counting, Auburn apparently could go a couple over that. We don't have a final number. People are always asking the final number. look, our sources ain't telling us because their sources ain't telling them because Auburn doesn't <laughs> want that kind of <laughs> info out there. That's yeah. info. Look, anything and, – and, and, and is it safe to say Gus is sort of paranoid? I think we can –
0: Yeah, I think you can say that.
1: But but most, co- <laughs> most, most college coaches are. I mean, I know a lot of these guys. You know a lot of these guys. A lot of them are like
0: that. Well, coaches, they don't want those numbers used against them. Yeah, they
1: don't want – exactly. So, you know, a lot of times we feel I feel like an idiot saying, hey, look, I I don't know, and I think people expect us to know. I'd love to be able to tell you the number, but I don't have an exact number. But we think they can go over 25. I've heard maybe one or two over, maybe two over. So that gives you some flexibility. You know what really gives you flexibility, Brandon? After spring practice, if somebody gets hurt – Sure. Or suppose your offensive line is just pathetic. I mean, who knows, right? They get all these new starters. We don't know, okay? And you may say, "Oh boy, as a staff, these guys ain't cutting it. Got to bring in one more guy." And then you have that spot available, and they've done it before. Casey Dunn mm-hmm. it was a great pickup, great pickup. And uh, and then there was the guy from FSU, Wilson Bell, it was not a great pickup.
0: Did, didn't it quite you know? work out, yeah.
1: No, and, and that's not to say. I, you know, I never call a guy a bust. I don't like, at least not in public. But but uh, no, but I mean, but. You know, things sometimes work out, sometimes don't. But at least it right. would give you some flexibility. Uh, maybe after spring, there's a quarterback out there that says, you know what? I'm second team here. Why not go there and be second? I mean, you just don't know. It gives you some flexibility, though. But they've, they've got some spots remaining. They still have two guys committed that, that did not sign. One is Jay Hardy, the four-star defensive end. Uh, um, he's going to be a tackle. He's 300 friggin' pounds. But anyway, Jay yeah. Hardy from chattanooga McCauley School. Really good player. I actually somebody down at the Under Armour game. Uh, I don't want to say who, but they cover another school in the SEC was kind of like saying the guy wasn't any good. I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know where they're getting that from. And Auburn certainly doesn't think the guy's not any good. Uh, but anyway, he is supposed to sign in February. They feel really good about it. They don't seem to be uh, overly concerned. Uh, but Tennessee's going to push, and we'll see if he takes any visits and officials and unofficials and all that. But uh, that's one guy. The second guy is Jonathan Busky. Uh, the offensive tackle at Coffeeville yeah. Community College. I, it just doesn't. I mean, it's, I mean, gosh, he didn't, they, they wouldn't let him sign in December. And,
0: you know, he, all
1: along he was supposed to graduate in December. And then we learned during the fall that that probably wasn't going to happen. And then it became, it definitely wasn't going to happen. And now he's supposed to finish in the spring. And, you know, I mean, Brandon, I mean, like the, one of the points, one of the benefits of bringing in Juco tackles is because you they'll be there in the spring and right. here you go. You know, Brendan Coffee, one signee, is not there till the summer, and Killian Zier is there. And God, God bless the kid. towards yeah. ACL in week eight of the season last year, yeah. so he can't take part. But I, I, if I, if you had to, if you said Keith is Buskey going to be in the class right now, I would think no. Yeah, I mean, it been pretty. Hey, look, we've been pretty consistent on that. Sure. For, for a that's while. That's what I was going to say. We've yeah.
0: you've been you've been uh, talking about that for several weeks that it, it's looking more and more like he might not qualify and. Yeah, Yeah, it's too bad that was that was one of the guys that uh, Auburn went into the JUCO ranks. he's maybe the first JUCO guy they put. I think he was. Yeah, oh yeah, he was.
1: And you know, it's a shame. I know, I know, you know, people. You broke the story that he committed, and Auburn. I I don't want to speak for you, but I I believe they were very excited. They're very excited. They're
0: like, watch this guy. He's going to be up there by the end of the season, as far as uh, in the rankings. Well, I'll I'll say this.
1: I'll say this. Uh, Early in the spring, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Brandon. In the spring, when Auburn was out in California evaluating Brendan coffee, who they signed at tackle and Killian Zaire, who they signed at tackle somebody within the program. Um, you know, I I don't give names obviously, but somebody told me, they said, look, Busky's better than either one of those guys. And it's not even close and they like those other guys a lot. So that should tell you something. So fairly disappointing if it doesn't happen. And I'm not, I mean, look, stranger things have have occurred. It's just, you know, you're not hearing a lot of great buzz out there right now. Uh, on the other hand, Auburn is very much in the mix with the five-star high school offensive tackle. Right. Now he's not, it's Broderick Jones of Lithonia, Georgia, which is an Atlanta, right? In the Atlanta yeah. area. Um, now he's not an early enrollee. That's not a positive. That's a negative. Always. If you want a guy to play a lot in year one, however, true five-star talent started at left tackle in the under armor, all American game went up against five-star uh, defensive end, Jordan Birch. They both actually had good games. It was such a good battle. They both had their share of plays. But, Brandon, if they can get this guy, I should point out, committed to Georgia but did not sign in December. Mm -hmm. And there's some real concern at Georgia. There's no question about that. And uh, he's saying 50-50. I've got another source, an independent source, that's on the ground in in Georgia that thinks it may even be 60-40 Auburn. He's going to officially visit. We actually broke this news. He's going to officially visit in in order. Um, We got this before we went down to to Florida. Um, He'll be at Tennessee the weekend of the 18th. That's going to be a Saturday through Monday official because he's got a basketball game. Should point out he's 6'6, 275, Looks really light right now because mm-hmm. he's playing hoops. Uh, Tennessee that weekend, and that's right after the dead period ends. Next weekend, Georgia official. Final weekend, Auburn official, which is kind of interesting. You gotta like now, he, that, yeah. He says, "Oh, it's no big deal. Uh, Doesn't really mean much." But Auburn certainly was fighting for that weekend. Now Georgia apparently, I, I could be. I hope I'm right on this. I believe I'm getting this right. Their big weekend is the weekend he's going to be there. So Auburn still okay. has to overcome that. I mean, there's always a chance the kid says. That's it. It's over. Sure. I mean, yeah. you, there, there's strategy to all this, and none of it is foolproof.
0: I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're exactly right.
1: Yeah, but Auburn, if 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 you know, he comes out of that, and he's, and Auburn still got a shot. They got the last week, and they also got the back pocket in their back pocket. Gus Malzahn's visit. Uh, head coach can only visit a kid this time of year one time. Kirby Smart went in December, and I don't think he went to his home. I think he met him at the school, huh. because Sam Pittman, the offensive line coach, uh... him le- him leaving kind of shook things up, and I yeah. think Georgia wanted to get in and maybe do some damage control. I don't know, that's a little bit strong of a, you know, not like the kid doesn't love Georgie. He sure. clearly likes Georgie. But they. I think Kirby wanted to position coach is and, gone. Yeah, hey, look, man, you got a new position coach. I'm coming in. Let's talk. Um, but uh, Georgia could not get him to sign. I, I think they tried. Uh, so we'll see. Auburn's got a real shot here, and I think if they get him branded, that gives that's going to give Auburn a lot of options because then all of a sudden you know, a guy like Austin Troxel, who right you reported, going to mm-hmm. probably be a left tackle this this spring. Right. Yep. I mean, you know, you, maybe you, you you got some options. Broderius Ham, right tackle. You one of those guys could end up playing guard. You know what I
0: yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, is not a guard. I, I have to make that clear. He will not play guard as a freshman. He will yeah. be too light now. Too he, light, he, yeah. If he if he's six six three thirty in two years, sure. But he's a tackle. His smooth he his feet are very smooth. He moves like a tackle. That's where he would be probably left tackle, which then gives you some real flexibility. Troxel, I've always thought would be a great guard. Quite frankly,
0: yeah, me too. You know, um, you know. Maybe speaking I'm- of that, and speaking of that, you know, just real quick, you know, yeah. outside of the recruiting realm, yeah, yeah, yeah. realm, I think the two biggest pieces to this offensive line, as far as the spring to watch and how everything develops, is going to be Austin Troxel and Broderius Ham, the two guys you mentioned, because Ham. I mean, he's the guy for the last two seasons, defensive coaches and defensive players have kept telling me this guy is the strongest offensive lineman they have. You know, some of yeah. them were going, why isn't he starting? Some of them thought he should have been starting this year. If he could go up there and man one of those spots and be a solid starter and Austin Troxel can work out a left tackle, that helps alleviate a yeah. lot of concerns because those are, Two very important positions, and obviously they already got center locked up with Nick Brahms. But that if you get those, if you feel like you have three good pieces heading out of spring, that really helps them because as you mentioned, they've got guys not coming in until May and yeah. into the summer. And if you, can, you feel good with three guys, I know it doesn't sound great, but that would be great. That probably be well, best it, case scenario. To be quite it, honest,
1: here's here's a thought, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wild here, but uh, going crazy, but. You know, Bernarius Ham also was recruited to play guard. And so, what? Right. What? What if, what if you sign Bro? I, I mean, look, I'm trying to play best case scenario here, so people aren't jumping off bridges thinking about the offensive line next year. But what if you could get uh, Broderick Jones and he's your left tackle? And even though he's not there in the spring, you know, if he if he's one of the five best, you got to get him out there. Uh, sure, yeah, you got to get him out there. And you know, I don't know. I think people have thought in the past Gus didn't do that, but you're trying to bring in a five star. He may not come unless he's told he's starting quite right. I don't so, know. Yeah. I maybe. don't know. But you suppose you start him at left and then that, that gives you flexibility at Troxel. Also, Killian Zaire, you know, he this ACL recovery period. What if he's ready in July and full go in August? I mean, he's a smart guy. Potentially, you could play him at right tackle. So then you either have depth at tackle or if your guards aren't cutting it, you can move Ham and Troxel inside, and then you got Brahms. I mean, you know, there's a the, basically what I'm saying is if you get if you get Broderick Jones, all of a sudden you got a lot of options, and if Troxel's healthy, you got more options. I mean, it may not be as bleak as people think. Now, uh, I'm still a little concerned, obviously, and chemistry yeah. on an offensive line is significant. It's more significant than on a defensive line, quite frankly. Absolutely, I, you know, they say that you know I, I go to a lot of these camps and. One of their goals of a defense one of the goals they teach the NFL guys of these defensive linemen they say look th- these offensive linemen they're they're holding hands they're they're, mm-hmm. they're together you, you, if you can break that up and get them confused you can do some damage but so they all are working in unison so that's important too but uh, but you know Z- Zaire's an older guy Hams an older guy Troxel's an older guy Brahms is an older guy I, I think they could I think they could get by. No. You know, we'll see. I mean, Broderick Jones can going be interesting. Again, Auburn's going to, the dead period ends next week. They'll see him next week. They'll see him the week after. And the week after, uh, the week after that, they will, uh, here's the other thing. After he officially visits Georgia, Auburn gets him on campus the final weekend. But before that, they can bring in Gus Malzahn for the in-home. So Auburn will see him the last two times, almost certainly. I mean, Georgia can have an assistant, but Kirby won't be with them. So they're going to be strategically trying to set up that last week visit with Gus Malzahn and trying to make sure I don't find out what it is because uh, they don't want me putting it <laughs> out there, I'm sure. And, uh, and, and we, we're laughing, but th- there's a lot of uh, truth to that, believe me. Uh, but, yeah, so Auburn's got a real shot. You know, we'll see. Um, you know, Georgia's uh, recruited very well on the offensive line. Pittman, Sam Pittman, Arkansas's new coach, is a hell of a personality. And uh, recruits really loved him. And, you know, look, Matt Luke is going to be formidable. That's Georgia's new offensive line coach. He mm-hmm. formerly the head coach at Ole Miss, another good personality. Uh, Larry Porter, I should say, is the, the area coach for Auburn on this recruitment. Uh, and obviously, J.B. Grimes, though, line coach, heavily involved. But G- Larry's the the reason that Auburn is really in this thing. Uh, he's been working that, uh, that recruitment hard for a long time. And, in fact, Broderick Jones told us at the Under Armour All-America game last week that that's the coach he's closest to, out of all of them. So, you know, something to think about. Auburn's got a shot. Now, we'll see. This. Can Tennessee make a move? You know, they just signed two five-star tackles last yeah, year. Look, looks looks yeah. like it's an up-and-coming team. I mean, yeah. did they beat anybody good down the stretch? Not really, but you know what? It's still a step in the right direction for Tennessee. Looks like they're making some progress. So well, they, will, they won, won six
0: games to end the season. They're hey, on a high note. It's about as high man, of a note I mean, as they've I, been on in a decade. Yeah,
1: I don't care who you beat. Who, if, 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 look, they didn't beat too many quality teams and no. ain't bad by the way uh but uh but again f- for a program that ha- hadn't been making bowl games that's a big step forward so maybe but we think right now i mean he broderick even admitted hey tennessee's far behind they got a long way to go uh so auburn's got a shot um we'll see i mean that's a big one that's a big one okay because i think given everything like that we just talked about. I do believe Roderick Jones would be starting next year. I've kind of changed my tune on that. I I heard Brandon that he was sort of raw and and then I just spent a week watching him and he didn't look that raw. Now that doesn't mean that JB wouldn't have to work out a lot of look. I mean, nobody's ready from high school. Uh, There are guys playing three years that aren't ready, but the ability's there. And you know what? Their schedule's a little bit more favorable next year. And how about trial by fire? You know, I mean, they, the Auburn doesn't seem to like doing that, but they may have to this time.
0: Yeah, they might not have a choice. We'll uh, talk more recruiting here right after this break. Keith, as you mentioned, you were at the Under Armour All American Games. You got to see a few guys. Um, what were kind of your initial impressions uh, upon leaving the uh, the week there? In yeah,
1: uh, funny you should ask. I actually have some notes right here. Here we go. Uh, well, Broderick <laughs> Jones. Okay, look. Yeah. Lean. Lean. Got to put on weight. Got to get the weight back. Playing basketball light right now. Uh, but the footwork. The footwork. Man, I mean, that guy can get to the second level. He can get to the third. He's athletic enough. He could probably be a jumbo tight end if he, or jumbo athlete if he needed to needed him to do that. Yeah. Uh, so he, the skill is there. Um, the footwork is just phenomenal. He's, he's so light on his feet. He he's, he's as light on his feet as a guy, 215 pounds, playing linebacker. Chris Thompson, the safety we mentioned earlier, Deion Sanders falling in love with his game, super physical, super physical. Now, lost some one-on-one battles, no doubt about that, but the one-on-one battle at, in, a, in a practice is always going to be in favor of the receiver. They know where they're going, okay? And you're, as a DB, you don't have any help, but at the line of scrimmage, he, at least two or three different times, he destroyed the route at the start just with his physicality at the line of scrimmage. Uh, very confident player, too. That's something I didn't know about Chris. Now, very good player, uh, but I, knew, I didn't know he was that confident. He really believes in himself, and he talked at length about playing for this Duncanville High team in Texas that finished second in the, uh, uh, in the state two years in a row. Probably would have won it this year, Brandon, but their starting quarterback uh, who's headed to Texas. Uh, got hurt in the semifinals. Otherwise, I mean, maybe they win the thing, but he yeah. talked about going up against elite guys every day in practice? And he does. They've got multiple division one guys. He has an expectation of winning. I like that. You, you want, you need a lot of those guys on your team, guys that hate to lose and are used to winning. Okay. Uh, Tank Bigsby, like I said, uh, you know, show that he could catch the ball out of the backfield, smooth, hard runner. It looks like his best attribute is running between the tackles and, you know, I think that gets him on the field pretty early at Auburn, uh, but he's also quick enough to take it outside if need be. He seemed to run a little bit more tentative outside, like a little bit, like he was a little bit unsure of himself. But in between the tackles, he runs hard, he runs fast, he's got quick feet in the hole, and he's physical. I mean, you know, he's six foot two hundred fifteen pounds. He's a big back. I mean, he's not huge, he's not Derrick Henry big, but he's good sized. Uh, so love what he can do. And the guy we haven't even talked about yet, Wesley Steiner. Uh, you know, four-star linebacker. You're talking about the best a- athlete in the country, according to the testing numbers. Uh, not incredibly tall, listed at six feet. Looks more like five eleven, but he'll probably get mad at me for saying that. But I think it's—I <laughs> think he looks shorter. I, I actually think he's six feet tall, but he looks a little shorter because he's stocky. He's got yeah. such thick legs. But boy, he really impressed the coaches during the week. He's so fast. He sees things. He's—you he hes a high IQ guy. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes he thinks too much. But. Because some, you know, maybe he thinks without using his instincts. But that that week in Orlando looked like he was all very instinctive. Was all over a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. Played well in the game. Uh, overran one play. He did. There was a play along the sideline, and he got ahead of steam and and got going so fast that uh, the guy kind of slowed down, and he just went right by him. But oh, no. but, but but he uh, but he look he had a very good week. And it's a shame he's not going to be there in the spring because I think he could that would absolutely get him on the field next year. Yeah. The future is bright for him, though. I mean, his testing numbers are just through the roof. Fast, strong. So, well, what are the testing numbers? The 40, obviously. He's a force 6' four, guy. Powerball throw, which is upper body strength. He had an enormous number there. Vertical jump. He can get up in the air. And the cone. And the cone, which looks like the dumbest thing you've ever seen, uh, really displays – You change your direction, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. vital for a linebacker. So I love the ability there. And then finally, Ladarius. And by the way, we're gushing over all these guys. And and, and chances are, all five of them aren't going to be stars. That's just the way it works out. Uh, But we saw a lot of good things. The fifth one is Ladarius Tennyson. I I just love this guy. I love what he brings to the table. I think that. uh, I, I just think that you know, at that nickel star position where you gotta you gotta play in the secondary, but you also gotta come up and play the run. And where they may ask you to blitz once in a while. I mean, he really can do it all. The question again, always with him is going to be, you know, at five feet, nine, they got to make sure at Auburn, Kevin Steele's a lot smarter than, than, than I am here, but they got to make sure he's not matched up against like a six, five guy over the middle. That could be problematic. And it's going to happen once in a while. Other coaches get paid to exploit matchups and Auburn gets paid to prevent them. So mismatches, but, um, but he's an unbelievable talent, the acceleration is what impresses you. And, and like Steiner, he had a lot of tackles in that, in that game. He just makes plays. You know, there's a pile of guys there's a running backs running through a group of three, four guys. And then next thing you know, you see the guys wrapped up and it's, you look up and it's LaDarius Tennyson. Um, you know, so I think with him and Chris Thompson, again, the, the you know, they did lose some one-on-one reps, but really nothing to be ashamed about because uh, I, a couple times, Chris uh, Tennyson lost reps to Julian Fleming. He's the number one receiver in the country. He's going to Ohio State. Most guys aren't going to win those reps. And again, they're putting him in cornerback and safety type positions during these practices when he's going to really be that nickel star type. So he'll have some of those situations in games, but, but mainly he's a guy that can kind of do a, a jack of all trades in the defense. I mean, uh, who was the guy that was at, uh, in 2013, Robinson Therese?
0: Yeah, Robinson. I, three, I see, mean, yeah.
1: he's he's a more athletic version of him. I think Robinson was maybe a little taller though. Um, a guy at ESPN I'm friends with has compared him to Quandre Diggs. That's in the NFL. Hmm. You're you're seeing a lot of these shorter guys make it. Yeah. You know, it, it, because the NFL game is all about the pass now, and yeah. you know if you could fly all over the field. But that said, I think he can tackle guys in space. I think he can. I I think he can make some plays. I, I he to me he's a day one starter. Now, we'll see. I mean, who's been playing that position? You've refreshed Richard my memory? Tut. Yeah, so Tut maybe. Javaris Davis in. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean,
1: if he's not starting, he's going to be playing an awful lot. My guess is he's going to be starting because it's. I feel like Auburn would maybe need Tut more elsewhere,
0: mm-hmm. if I'm
1: guessing. You, you tell me, Brandon.
0: It's possible. Uh, you know, there's got to there's got to be some moving around potentially with yeah. them losing uh, four starters in that defensive backfield. So
1: yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but yeah, a lot of good a lot of good things from those guys we saw. And they, you know, they looked at three guys at the um, the All American Bowl, formerly the Army All American Bowl. Kobe Hudson, the receiver, we mentioned him earlier. Linebacker Desmond Tisdale, not an early enrollee, but apparently had a good week. Solid, solid player. And then uh, one of their big targets, defensive tackle McKinley Jackson out of Mississippi. He's already officially visited Auburn and Alabama. This one's going to get wild, Brandon. I mean, he's maybe the one of the two or three top uncommitted defensive tackles in the country. So, position a need, uncommitted, and now you have this feeding frenzy at the end. So, it's going to be a wild recruitment. Auburn and Alabama, like I said, already officially visited there. He's going official to LSU, A&M, and he's saying maybe Ole Miss, but watch out for Georgia because Matt Luke, who's now at Georgia's the offensive line coach. Will be his area recruiter, actually, like Marcus Woodson at Auburn, grew up in that same area, all three of them. And so that gets Georgia's foot maybe in the door, uh, but that's somebody to keep an eye on. Supposedly that he had an outstanding week out in Texas at the All American Bowl, uh, a potential difference maker at uh, the defensive tackle position. Not built like Derrick Brown, much shorter, uh, good center of gravity, low center of gravity, very physical, you know, all the tools they're looking for. Auburn loves him. Auburn would love to get him. There's no doubt about that, but I think that, um, I think that's going to be a tough one only because there's so many big teams involved and now Georgia rearing its head too. So, you know, it it sounds like it's fairly even, I've been told maybe keep an eye on Texas A&M, maybe LSU. Uh, but, uh, but he had an outstanding week out in that bowl game.
0: Um, so, I wanted to talk a little bit more uh about broderick jones i know we're yeah. talking yeah, him yeah. to death but hey, i mean man. he's five
1: star baby
0: he's the he's the man right now um in Auburn's sights you're talking about how some people say 50 50, 50 fifty between him and uh between auburn and georgia some one says sixty forty um do you you, you kind of hinted toward it and obviously we're not speaking for the coaches but Maybe is it one of those situations where he felt so comfortable with Georgia? Maybe there's some change there. But now with Auburn, if he is going to come to Auburn, he's probably going to have some assurances of, hey, you're going to start or you're, you're going to play a lot as a freshman. So just well, that, that's,
1: that, that's me just kind of running at the mouth. I, I, I don't think Auburn makes people promises like that. I don't know any schools that really do. Uh, who knows what's said in these meetings. But I think, if he look, he's a smart kid, and I'm sure when he looks at the depth chart, he sees that, quite frankly, uh, let's just be honest, Georgia has signed a lot more good players on the offensive line than Auburn has in the last few years. So that works to your advantage on Saturdays if you're Georgia. But this time of the year, it may hurt you a little bit, you know, as they've already got all these guys. And uh, and, and this kid's looking at, at both these schools, and, and he's a five-star guy, Brandon. All these five-star guys are thinking one thing, three and out. It's harder to be three and out if you ain't starting until your junior year, right? So I'm sure Auburn's going to play that as much as possible in this recruitment, that that you probably could start in year one. Um, you know, when I interview a kid, I don't really ask him too much about that. We ask more open-ended questions. And the reason is we try not to interject ourselves into their, their recruitment. Um, it's not my job to recruit, and it's quite unprofessional if we're being 100% honest here. And so – we kind of let them talk and he has not brought that up. He has basically said, I'm looking for just the place where I'm the most comfortable at. We know he's got friends on the Auburn team. Uh, We know he's got friends on the Georgia team. We know he's got a lot of respect for Larry Porter. And we know he's got a lot of respect for Kirby smart. He's got to get to know Matt Luke though. And, and does Matt Luke have enough time to win him over to keep him in the fold? Um, I mean, he's torn for a reason. Now I will say this. Uh, He admitted that, yeah, Sam Pittman leaving was an eye-opener, sure. But his plan all along and, – and we need to be completely fair to Georgia here uh, because we need to be accurate with what we're saying – is that he was going to wait the whole time. Now, there were stories right up until signing day that said – that made it sound like it was breaking news after after uh, Matt Luke uh, – excuse me, after Sam Pittman left and Matt Luke was hired. Broderick Jones now isn't going to sign. Well, the reality, Brandon, is, is that he told Kip Adams and I believe myself too – a few weeks earlier that he wasn't going to sign in December. So that was determined before Sam Pittman even left. So in the, in the, in the search for being accurate here, uh, some, uh, you know, we need to point that out because not the search, in the uh, what I know what I'm trying to say, it's not coming out Brandon. but the point is he was not going to sign all along. So even though I think Pittman leaving Georgia has an impact on this recruitment, his plan all along was to ride it out and take official visits. Um, now, after that happened, does that make him think even longer and harder about it? It's hard to know because he's not a real open interviewer or interviewee, excuse me. He's not a guy that just tells you everything, right? Uh, so it's hard to know. We, we're basically going what he's telling us, 50-50 between these teams, a lot to think about. He says these official visits are going to be huge. He, he's looking for the right comfort zone. So our, our, one of our good sources, though, as I said, thinks Auburn probably leads right now 60-40, but was quick to point out it's not over. Uh, what have we heard from the Auburn side? They think they're very much in it, much, much more in it now than at any point before. I mean, there were times when I don't think they ever felt like they really had a shot, but he's been very receptive. Uh, his line of communication has been constant with, uh, with Larry Porter, Auburn's assistant that's recruiting him. Uh, he's got a decent relationship with JB Grimes and that official visit that last weekend will be so he can spend, uh, will be used spending more time with JB, more time with Gus. Porter's done his work, and he's going to continue to do his work. But they got a shot, and uh, you know it's just too too soon to make a call. It's certainly trending toward Auburn right now, uh, but I, I can't really make a decision, a, a prediction one way or the other. I mean, he still is committed to Georgia, and you can't deny that they've done a really a wonderful job recruiting the last few cycles. I mean, they've always been. Prominent recruiters over there, but particularly the last few cycles, and uh, you know we'll see what kind of relationship he can or doesn't build with Matt Luke. But um, it, it feels like it's it's wide open. Maybe slight edge to Auburn right now.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I th- is there anything else you want to ask? I'm just trying to think here.
1: Yeah, let's see here. Uh, well, first thing we should point out is that it's still a dead period right now. Uh, so the weekend of let's see, National Signing of the first one was was December 18th. So starting that Sunday night before that day, it's been dead, which means you can't host visitors and you can't go see visitors. Well, that'll end next week. That'll end on the 16th. So on the 17th, Auburn coaches will be back out on the road in full force. Again, they only have a few spots left in this class. They're only recruiting the, you know 8 to 12 guys probably uh, total for this class. So what are they going to use these next few weeks for? They're going to host a lot of juniors. They're going to go see a lot of juniors to try to get them to come on campus. Uh, we know that Amarius Mims, a five-star 2021, that's junior class, offensive tackle from Bleckley County, Georgia. He's going to be at Auburn on the 25th of this month, and that's a guy that was uh, most people had thought was almost a lock to Georgia before Sam Pittman left, and that's one that the Pittman departure does seem to be having a huge impact on. LSU and Bama may be standing out a little bit right now, with Auburn in that next group, but they're going to host him on the 25th. And then the next weekend, you've got a uh, two, uh, a five-star tackle from 2021 and his four-star brother coming. Uh, he's a center. And that's uh, the five stars, Tommy Brockermeyer, his brothers, James Brockermeyer, their dad was, is Blake Brockermeyer, the Texas longhorn legend and former NFL player. Now they visited for the iron bowl, and going into that game, Brandon, I was told, and you know, I don't ever want to write these things beforehand because then people get mad. They think they're going to recruit for other schools. You know, I, I have to kind of parse my words sometimes. But the feeling was they were really going just to check out Bama. There was their one time to see Bama, and it just so happened the game was at Auburn. Well, turns out the kids fell in love with Auburn and gushed over the visit to anybody that would listen, including their father, who I spent time with last week in Florida as well. Auburn now squarely in the mix. I think Clemson. Maybe the team to beat. Alabama certainly right there. I mean, it's close. Texas still in it. Uh, I think if they weren't Texas legacies, though, I don't. Not sure the Longhorns would be much much of a factor right now. I think I think that's the one thing keeping them in. There's some uncertainty surrounding that program right now, and uh, and uh, the un- other team to watch would be LSU. But they're going to visit on the they're going to visit Alabama and Auburn on the same weekend, which is the weekend of February first. Auburn's in it, got some work to do, but I would only say that just a few weeks ago Auburn wasn't in it at all and now they're probably in the brothers top four um, Clemson and Auburn people always say those programs and those schools excuse me those schools have a lot of similarities and the things they like about Clemson the small town environment that kind of quiet vibe that's also what they like about Auburn what gives Clemson the edge right now is what do you think I mean they're winning big and their offensive line coach Robbie Caldwell is is in very good with these guys so they've got a build a strong relationship with JB Grimes and maybe Auburn will have a shot, but they're, they're more in it than people think, but you're going to see a lot of top juniors coming to campus uh, the next few weeks, not this weekend, but the, the weekend, the three weekends after that. And then February is, is dead all, all the whole month. So after that February 1st and second weekend, then you have the second signing day coming that week at Wednesday. And then no more, no more visits that whole week. So uh, that whole month, it's an interesting schedule they've got set up these days. So, Um, Auburn's going to try to get a lot done these three weeks open after the dead period ends here.
0: Well, plenty of coverage, uh, recruiting coverage, basketball, well underway right now. Uh, Football, of course, we'll continue to look at that. I'm going to try and give an early look at what an off-season death chart looks like later this week at auburn.247sports.com. Keith, thanks for joining us. We'll see everybody down the road.
1: Take care, everybody.
0: No one has it covered like 24 7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover.